we believe life is precious. This is it. We've got one shot at this. It's on us to live life to the fullest, to maximize what we've been given and play the game of life at our full potential. Are you living up to your potential? Are you frustrated that despite your best intentions, you just can't seem to make the changes needed to take things to the next level so you can impact your career, relationships, and health? If this is hitting home, you're in the right place. Our mission is to open the door to the exceptional life by showing you how to play the game of life at a higher level. So you're playing at your full potential rather than at a fraction as most people do. We'll share the one thing that once we learned it, our lives were transformed. And once you learn it, watch what happens. Welcome to Think It Be It, the podcast. I'm Kelly Hatfield. Hey, and I'm John Mitchell. So Kelly, I got a cool topic to talk about uh, this week. And it's inspired by by Tom Bilyeu and Impact Theory. And it's this idea of basically tuning into reality and being guided in your actions based on reality. And so I listened to his podcast probably two months ago, and he talks about what is reality. And he says, it's the most efficient way that things work. And when your behaviors are aligned with reality, hey, you have success. And when your behaviors go against reality, you have failure and frustration. As an example, there's a reality for your business, for your health, for your marriage. And I'll give you an example on marriage. When you do the key behaviors that are aligned with reality of marriage and how to have a great marriage, you have a successful marriage. But when your behaviors go against reality, hey, you have frustration. And the same with your career. If you're marketing your business in a way contrary to reality in terms of what moves people, you're going to have an unsuccessful business. I found that very interesting. I really started thinking a lot about it. And uh, I thought I would share with our audience how that has applied to Think It Be It. And then I'd like you to maybe share how it might apply to Ingenuity Advantage and um, and maybe hopefully some valuable takeaways for our audience. And so um, how's that sound? Sounds great. Let's do it. Okay. Well, like uh, with Think It Be It, um, we really started tuning into reality, I think, uh, last year uh, and maybe a little before. But, but you know, as we became partners about four years ago and we're, like, excited that we have something that makes, uh, you know, people substantially more successful and we're thinking, boy, everybody's going to want this. Uh, <clears throat> and I remember um, – Right before I had met you, probably five years ago, I went and showed uh, this to Darren Hardy, and uh, he says, and, you know, I, Darren Hardy is, if people don't know, is, in my opinion, the, the top expert in the world on success, and I wanted to show him what I had created to just see if what he thought about it and see if there was anything similar or see if there are any flaws to it. And he says, hey, people are not going to spend 12 minutes a day on this after he'd looked at it. And uh, I'm like, well, Darren, what do you mean? You know, at at 25x my income, uh, Time Magazine did a cover story on it. And 
we're applying the central concept of the book, Think and Grow Rich. And, you know, and he had said this after he'd really taken a look at it and said it looked good. Uh, but he says the reality is, uh, for most people, more success is merely a preference. Uh, uh, it's not a necessity. It's only a necessity for uh, driven people. And he says, for that reason, the vast majority of people are not going to spend 12 minutes a day on this. And boy, has that proven to be true, because as you and I evolved, we started going to um, uh, EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, which if people don't know, that's an organization of entrepreneurs. And to be in it, you got to be grossing a million a year. But only about 5% of them are netting a million dollars a year. And so we thought, boy, this is this is perfect. I mean, you know, that was me for for 20 years of netting, you know, 200, $300,000 a year. And then by applying uh, think and grow rich to my life and, and figuring out the full secret at 25 X my income. And so I'm like, they're all going to want this wrong, wrong. They, they, because they're not like me, they're not like you. And we started seeing when we would give presentations to typically maybe a group of say 10 or 12, only two or three of them really had an interest in it. Um, and, and we discovered that's that's the the ones that were really driven, and so now we're starting to tune into this idea of reality and what is what is reality telling us, and and we didn't like it, but but that's what it was telling us. And I think the other thing that sort of uh, we came to realize was that you know now we have critical mass because every time we teach somebody our methodology, we video it and we'd get a testimonial and you know we typically would would make the the guarantee that if it doesn't double your income uh we'll uh, give you your money back well nobody else is doing that in the the coaching business and uh and so we realized hey we've got critical mass we've got the the testimonials we got the whole shebang and why sit or sit and try and raise our head above the clutter in the marketplace? Let's just go to someone that has 3 million, 4 million followers and share this with them. And, and so that's, that's has evolved to we're in the process of doing that. But, um, you know, that, that is the point of that story is that we started tuning in to, um, what is reality telling us? And, and reality was telling us that people were not that interested in what we had to offer, even though it was life-changing. And, and, uh, but once we sort of accepted reality and started adjusting how we did it, we started having a lot more success and a lot more, I don't know, <clears throat> uh, just feeling good about everything. So I'm sort of curious in your business, Ingenuity, what have you learned over the last six months, 12 months in terms of reality and how has that adjusted what you've done? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'll start with saying, you know, one of the questions that we started asking ourselves is the question, is that true? 
Mm-hmm. Because I think that, you know, the same goes with our, our subconscious, like you have these stories you tell yourself, you know, and the same thing about the brand or, or the marketplace, or, um, you know, uh, it started buzzing in our team about what's going on in the economy and how that might affect things, you know, and it's like, we're not going to base any of our plans on what's happening with the economy. You know, I've been through that before. I've watched companies fail as a result of kind of curling up and, um, you know, and waiting for it to pass, you know, and in the meantime, their competitors are scooping up their piece of the market. You know, like um, there's a lot to be gained as a result of a downturn. And that's the lens that we're going to look through, you know, but I think asking yourself, like when these things pop up in our weekly level tens that we have, you know, where we're what's called IDSing, which is identifying, discussing and solving. One of the first questions that we ask is, is that true? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then we keep going later. Is that true? You know, because we have these preconceived ideas um, of, well, and just, just because that's the way that we've done it doesn't mean that that's, all, that's how we have to continue to do it. And I think that's one of the things um, specific and this has been more than six months, but where um, we were doing a bunch of business on contingency versus on retainer. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of pushback from the team about, well, if we go to retainer, it's going to cut down on the amount of work that we get and jobs to fill. And, you know, it's like, is that true? You know, mm-hmm. what would, ha- you know, on contingent, you're working with a bunch of junk jobs that the companies aren't um, committed, you know, as committed to. So you're wasting mm-hmm. and spinning your energy on all these jobs that may or may not fail on retainer, you know, they've got skin in the game. They've got, so you made a case for it. And sure enough, this was a couple of years we did this. We went to that model and I mean, it changed the game for our business, you know, and for our recruiters by going to retained only, we don't do anything on contingency. And um, it up leveled the view of who we are in the marketplace. Um, We're charging higher prices, all of those things. But part of the story that, that um, and where I came from, I worked for a staffing agency for 14 years before I started my first business, Ingenuity Advantage, and they really operated from a place of scarcity. They took any and all jobs. They worked on contingency. It was we're placing 100 people a week. You're running as fast as you can, and it literally is a body shop. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and I wasn't going to do business that way. And uh, you know, but I think what happened. And not realizing, um, you know, and again, I realized this a few years ago, but there was still a holdover, which was I carried that scarcity with me, you know, as somebody who was starting out a business, who was afraid of failing, who was, um, you know, you carry some of that stuff with you. And so getting to that point in your business, too, where it was like, well, is that true? Or is that just we've been doing it this way because that's the way we started out doing it and, um you know, so anyway, I don't know if I'm tracking well with kind of reality and what you were saying, but that is a question we ask ourselves multiple times throughout meetings to get to the meeting, to, to get to the meat of, is that true? I guess it's the same way of saying, is this reality? Exactly. I mean, I think it's exactly on this, this point. Uh, truth is reality. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the point again, in uh, the, Tom Milieu, uh podcast I listened to, he, he defines reality as the most efficient way things work 
And so the is it true is is basically questioning is is whatever the assumption is that reality or not, mm-hmm. you know, and oftentimes you don't know uh, for sure until you take another step or two into it to, to determine uh, if it's true, if it's not true, is this reality or not reality? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, and I've had, uh, you know, team members push back and say, well, it's true to me. And I'm like, okay, well, let's start looking at facts. You know, right. let's, because the numbers don't lie. You know, um, you know, we can look at what's happening with our marketing. We can look at what's happening with our fill ratio since we implemented this particular new model for doing business. Like the data will tell us everything we need to know. Yeah. And then that will prove whether this is true, you know, or a theory that could work based on the data. Data is reality. I mean, you know, just like, like we discovered when, when we were pitching to, uh, those EO forum groups, you know, when only three out of 10 are, um, are interested in it, uh, it doesn't matter what we think that, you know, that's just the reality of, of, uh, what we're seeing in the marketplace that, that, uh, only three out of 10, two out of 10 were actually driven. And, and our, our thing is clearly for people that are high achievers and that are driven and, uh, we could sit there all day long and saying, well, you should be interested in it, but that doesn't matter. The data was telling us that they're not. And so uh, we had to refine going after high achievers a lot more. There's something in I, that I want to point out too that you mentioned, um, which was when we, when we became more aligned with actual reality, because here's the thing that's tricky, like, and what stops you from living in that place of reality is ego. It's mm-hmm. um, having one idea in mind or one track that you're going down and then ego kind of gets into the mix and then all of a sudden you're off somewhere and there's all of this resistance. You're fighting against something. Well, you mentioned as soon as we got aligned and were um, you know, more aligned with reality and what reality mm-hmm. was um, telling us that we just felt lighter the things opened up, we were having more fun. We were, you know, and guess what? Good things come as a result of that. But when you're fighting against reality, there's all this resistance and it's just like, and not that resistance is a bad thing. That's part of how you grow. But when there's too much of it, you know what I mean? And you're not, and then you're not in congruence and there's all these other things that happen. It's just a slog. You know what I mean? And so once you are more aligned with reality, you, it, it's freeing. Yeah. You know, I tell you something I, I was thinking about is, is just the evolution of, for me, of what doing my best means. And I remember when I was about 40 and I wasn't as successful as I thought I should be, I, I'm like, okay, um, I'm just going to do my best because that's what I can control. And I thought doing my best was just putting in the effort which more or less meant, you know, get up at, at uh, five in the morning and, and get going. Uh, and then I realized in my, my 50s, when I had a lot more success, I'm like, okay, doing my best is a combination of the effort, um, focusing on what moves the needle, and personal growth, and having a, a consistent personal growth program that's week in, week out, and it's strategic relative to what I want to accomplish. And, and I've operated with those 
three things defining my best for for probably 20 years. But just recently, uh, I have added two other things. The, the fourth one is uh, tuning into reality. What is reality telling me relative to whatever I'm doing? Uh, and the fifth thing is uh, being self-aware. Uh, so now I see that those five things make up uh, doing my best. Uh, what, what's your take on that? No, I, I think that's fantastic. I think um, having those core kind of foundational pieces, you know, for me, you know, where you're talking about always doing your best, you know, I think for me, it's really acting in alignment with kind of what my words are. Mm -hmm. And then this idea of leverage, once I really understood what that meant and mm -hmm. how that to relate that to everything where, yeah. you know, the output that I'm putting in, um, I'm sorry, the input um, is creating the kind of output. So the, like the less I have to do here creates the bigger output because I've got that leverage. Right. So I'm thinking about everything in terms of time, my meetings, my, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, how does this, move the needle? How does this, um, you know, so, so now I have a really clear understanding of um, what my best is, you know, and um, kind of a way to measure myself, you know, um, up against that, you know? Yeah. yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, let's, let's give people how to apply this. Uh, you know, I'll give the, the full way through our 12 minute a day methodology. And, and here, here's how I apply it. I, uh, in the spirituality section of my uh, uh, life GPS uh, template, I articulate uh, those five things that comprise uh, doing my best, including tuning into reality. But also uh, in, in the, I think my business plan, I talk about, you know, tuning into reality and making that uh, top of mind. And I'm always looking now at what is reality telling me, uh, whether I want to hear it or not. And, and I think your point about ego is great uh, because ego can blind you to, to things. And so, uh, you know, it's just pretty simple. I just uh, put it in, in my visualization in a couple of places to, to tune into reality. Um, how do you think you would do the light version of that? I think that the light version can be really simple. And when we say light too, what we're talking about too is just your entry point into this methodology. Yeah. You know, so for example, let's just use that statement. Um, is this true? You know, so you can use that for anything. You know, if you're going down a rabbit hole of worry, okay, well, really, is this true? Well, no, I've distorted it in my head. It's not really true. It's not happening. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so it's not reality what's happening. Um, you know, with your business, with your relationships, if you're feeling a certain way, maybe you get into an argument with the spouse and like just asking yourself that question and training yourself to be um, more intentional about asking yourself that question. And you could do that through, you know, using an app. You know, mm -hmm. to remind yourself, have that pop out, uh, pop up on your phone a couple of times a day as a reminder on your computer. You could write that statement on a board that's in your office that you look at throughout the day, put it on your mirror. You're sitting there while you're brushing your teeth. And all that needs to say is, is that true? Is this mm -hmm. true? Um, you know, and, and begin to train your brain, to train your subconscious 
to be um, more curious, to be asking that question of yourself and stop taking things at, uh, letting your emotions rule your life. Because honestly, John, when you're talking about think it, be it, or when I'm talking about the things with ingenuity, so much of that, those decisions were made from an emotional place. They weren't made from a, a one of fact and yeah. reality. They were made from emotion, ego, what we wanted, what we, um, you know what I mean? Right. And so I think if you can begin to train yourself to ask yourself that question, it can snap you into a different state. And right. that would be the simple entry point into uh, into implementing this. Right. And, and you know, the, the, the beauty of this is the simplicity of it. You know, uh, 95% of your daily actions are unconscious, and therefore you only control your intentions. But the way you uh, influence your daily actions is by repetition, because the subconscious mind only responds to repetition. So whether you're, you know, sending yourself a reminder uh, a few times a week or you're reading, you know, the 12-minute-a-day uh, methodology, either way, you're influencing the subconscious mind with repetition. So, okay, well, I think that's got it for today. We'll uh, see everybody next time. Thanks for listening today. If you've had your own aha moment from today's episode, send me or John an email. We'd love to share your epiphany with our audience. So email us at kelly at thinkitbeit.com or john at thinkitbeit.com. In the meantime, live the exceptional life. <laughs>